0: Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for those who sell for a living and those who help those who sell for for a living. And if you're looking at a screen right now, you see four handsome people, don't
1: you? (laughs)
2: Uh, We are here for, I can't believe I'm saying this. Truth and podcasting. Truth and podcasting. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let me take my
1: glasses off. I look younger. We
2: are on
0: episode 100 of the Ales with Aslan podcast, people. Ding, 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 ding. That and a nickel will get you nothing. We are, um, we are very excited to be all together just as we were the very first episode of Ales with Aslan. And, uh, you know, it's really sales with Aslan, Tom. I want you to know that. The, we just put the ale in sales. So yeah. I just want
2: to be. Well, you can't spell sales without ales.
0: That is such a good point. Mm. I it's just not
2: po- Scott, it's not possible. It's not possible. You can't no. do it.
0: It's, no, a uh, good We've got to
2: remind our audience you can't spell sales without ales.
0: You can't. And you know what? For this episode, we have such a treat. We have had uh, six or seven people that have sent an audio file of their uh, their approach that made them 100% or over and over and over. And I think that's going to be very interesting fodder for our audience today. But first, we need something cold, frosty and refreshing to talk about. Let me start with Tab.
1: What do you have in front of you that looks so good? Um, well, what I'm drinking today is um, it's it's called Little Smack, and it's not Little <laughs> Smack, it's Lil Lil Little Smack. Lil, it's called Little Smack. Lil, Lil, and, like, um, it's
2: kind of like Little Something. Little Lil something,
1: something, like my, you know, you know, Little Smack. And it's a hoppy IPA. It's it's from I, I I was introduced to this on vacation down in the Gulf Coast, and it comes from Gulfport, Mississippi and it's a hoppy IPA, which for you guys that know me, that's who I am, you are um, it's and it's, you know, core. it's your just at my core of who I am, and it's, it's a 6.5, you know, it's a 69 IBU, which oh. is fantastic for oh. me. It speaks oh. my language. I call it like a snappy bitterness with a dry finish. That's kind of what I say. You know, it's kind of like West Coast IPA kind of approach. What's it approach. like on the back of your palate, Tab? It's, a, it's, it's a tropical with a citrus fruit aroma. It's kind oh. of how I think about it. That's just, that's how I touch. And it's year-round. It's year-round.
0: Year round. Year we call you hoppy and snappy now. I just <laughs> yeah. Those are two
3: hoppy words that I associate. Snappy. little hoppy. little
1: hoppy. Little hoppy. Little hoppy. Little hoppy. So that's right. what I'm going well, with. enjoy it. that, Tab. Yeah. That sounds yeah. really good. Really
0: really
2: about my choice now.
0: Let me go to our other co-founder, Mr. Uh, Mr. Tom Stanfield. What do you have in front of you?
2: You know, Scott, I'm going back to the beginning. Mm. I'm going
0: mm. back to the, beginning.
2: the first kind of beer I fell in love with um, is a Belgian style. Is it triple? I would, for a while. I tried to sound um, cultured and call it triple.
1: This isn't where you live. in.
2: <laughs> I thought. Well, it's Belgian. <laughs> probably sell. he can't say triple that doesn't sound right so, you know and plus i just wanted to say triple. i was i was qu- quickly corrected but it's called golden monkey uh mm-hmm. it has mystical flavors that enlighten you
1: of course mm-hmm. kind of like you
2: um, and listen to the abv guys <laughs> listen to it 9.5 percent
1: oh, oh my oh, whoa. wow well, so Goes i need close. to go first I need that's to a close. problem in a bottle right there
2: the Ooh. bu is it ibu 25 is that good What's that's that pretty one? good
0: yeah we i like to keep it under 25 but that's not bad
2: but here's my favorite stat uh, malt is of course pilsner and the hops is a tetanine tetanine of course tetanine. it is anyway Excellent.
1: yeah i know that
2: uh, anyway so love it it's great um
0: it'll get you going so pilsner. all right all right mr Lampson what have you in front of
3: you uh one is i have a complaint i want to go first next time because it's way too long and i'm thirsty so for those two guys so i want to open mine first because there's a way to wait open it and two uh, i have a mistake because what i'm having on my hand is a corona Premier. yeah and Premier doesn't stand for better it stands for well you know one of these healthy ones 90 calories four oh. percent alcohol nothing nothing, nothing. so wow. you know what i did i got two yeah. The, who Here, is,
2: you combine those
1: two? <laughs> you combine them and you get a golden monkey. Mm-hmm. Here's a
0: piece of trivia for you, ah. beer drinkers out there. Who was the marketing campaign, the one beer to have when you're having more than one? Mm. Beer to have when you're
3: having, you're having more than, more than one. one. Back in the,
0: the '70s, one. Tom, you got to remember that you were you were around.
3: The one beer to have when you're having more than one. It, it wasn't Passover ribbon, no. Wasn't no. it Schaefer? She Schaefer, they the had one one an one. ad. I don't remember.
0: When you're faith. having more than one, no.
1: Schaefer it. didn't have any ads in Georgia.
0: Okay, I think I was today. five. Anyhow,
2: I think I was five in the seventh. You, you, you
0: were not five. Okay. Anyway, so. Uh, <laughs>
3: Remember, the feedback on the podcast is don't talk too long about your beers. How are we doing? How are we doing? I think one person said that,
0: and and we've alienated them. They've they've stopped listening. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to actually close (laughs) us out here with a board slide by Whalers. Mark, you've had this, I'm sure. This is uh, one of their limited edition. I've not. Oh, you you haven't? Well, it's 5.5% alcohol. Uh, It's a double dry hopped pale ale. Tab, I think that might be interesting to you. This part may not. It's got fruit and berry lead to a smooth and easy drinking finish. It, it might be that one beer you have when it's hot and then you slide into something
1: yeah. a little hoppier and a little. I could, I could be that, I could, yeah. that could be good on the right occasion. All
0: right. Now for all
2: those who just fast forwarded. <laughs> 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 we're, re- we're ready to start now.
0: Yes, we are. Let's get started.
4: Hello, my name is Bruce Luca and I am a sales professional in the technology space. When I was asked to reflect upon my experience achieving quota year after year, I narrowed it down to two primary factors. First one is to always lead what the customer's needs. As salespeople, we are typically very excited to share our capabilities, our services, our products, everything that makes our company great. But if we take a moment to first seek to understand our customers' challenges and their goals, we can ensure our response is best aligned with the opportunity to help them succeed. The second factor is, it's imperative to never force an outcome. When we do apply pressure to create a certain scenario, our customers tend to be less receptive to our suggestions, and therefore the best practice that I always follow is to ensure that they know they have the option to choose. Said another way, we're here to serve them, to serve our customers, and ultimately help them understand what options are available. So I sum this up in working in an other-centered mindset. When we're able to generally put the needs of others first, trust is fostered, and success follows year after year. So thanks for listening and taking the time.
0: All right, let's pick this first person here. What did you guys think of Bruce and what, uh, what he had to say?
3: I'll, uh, I'll start. Okay. And uh, say I agree with his start. I mean, you're know, leading with the customer's needs. We've all heard that a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, the question is, why don't we all do it? It's a mindset thing. He's, <laughs> he's just, he's making a decision. Uh, I think we just, we, we, you know, we teach that. We teach about making a decision to serve because our compass points to ourself. Uh, I just try, I, I say, I try to put myself, uh, I try to pretend I'm the person that's buying and I'm making the decision. And I, I treat their money. Cause it's a sale. I treat their money like it's my money. And if yep. I can treat their money, like it's my money, I'm, I'm leading with the customer's needs.
0: That's good. That's really good. Okay. Yeah. Good.
2: Uh, I applied at Mark to uh um, Prospecting, you know, when you're trying to get the meeting, and I love when he said, "When you when you lead with the customer's needs." I always think about it—the 100% guarantee that you will get their attention if you lead with them. If I show you a picture of you, you will always look at it. So mm-hmm. if you lead with what's on the customer's whiteboard, if you say something about them, and I've seen this with me, it's like if somebody reaches out and emails me, it's what if something I said, something I've written, something anything. Of I just I'm I'm. I'm My ego says, "Look at that," and so it's a great way to get their attention. Um, I also think it leads to when you're focused on uncovering their needs and what's important to them, they become much more receptive to what you say. So not only do you get a really um, important information about what they care about, you also by learning about them, they become more interested in learning about you. Yeah. So, but you go first. So I thought that was I thought that was brilliant. No, no surprise that Bruce is 100 percent. No. Yeah. Not
1: at all. Tab. Go ahead. And the, yeah. And the thing that I, I loved about it is what he said. It's counter. It's like it's counterintuitive. Yeah. Like he drives home that point. Like you know this. You know it's not us talking about what's so great about us. And he's just basically saying that's the tendency, right? That's kind of most of us came up that way. That's when we think about a salesperson. That's what we do. So.
0: All right. Uh, yeah, I, I I totally agree with everything said. Bruce is a long-time sales professional had success for years and years and years.
3: And you know, I don't want to dismiss his second point. Leading to the customer is super important. But he said, uh, "What did he say? He said, you know, I don't force an outcome.' He even talked about when he tried to one level of success, and when he really stopped forcing outcomes at a better level of success. And we we call that." from the tug of war principle, of try, try to get somebody to force somebody to do something, right. they're, they're gonna pull back, uh, we call that drop the rope. And that's what he's doing, that's his word for it. Uh, my, I have a personal story where I, I didn't, I, I made mistakes for a while. Tom, thank you for clearing that up. You may remember way back, I started at Aslan. I I looked at our sales process. I and mean, we we would start with a content presentation and then we go do an assessment Well, when we did an assessment, we would close more business, but it was further down the process. So I'm like, I put my engineering brain on and say, well, if I just do more assessments, I'll sell more. So I pushed, tried, pushed people into assessments, except for I don't have control. And I didn't drop the rope. And they (laughs) said, well, we're not really ready. We'll get back to you. And they never got back to me. So Tom Mm -hmm. said, just don't force that. Go back to something easier, like a phone presentation. And I did. And I sold more. So when we force outcomes, we think we're in control. We think we're helping the customer. But- we're not. Yeah, that's a
2: really good point, Mark. It's not that, um, I don't know, I, I don't know if I had anything to do with that. But, but uh, it is, it's easier when you're on the outside, you know, when you're in the middle of an opportunity, and there's a lot on the line, it's so difficult to not try to pull them to your direction. Because it, and, and a lot of times, it's, it's, it's born out of this need to serve or desire to serve, because you know, they're moving in the wrong direction. So we got to yeah. pull them back. But the reality is there, the control is illusion. You have no control. You can't well, force You can feel like you're forcing people to do something, but you can't. And the more you try to, the more likely they'll do the wrong thing. So by dropping the rope and saying, putting all options on the table, there's really only a couple options. Yeah. Right? Put them all on the table and communicate. All options are okay. And by the way, all options, you probably don't know what's the best option for them, right? So it, by communicating what's already true, which they have the freedom to choose, they're much more likely to listen to you and partner with you. So I, thought, I love that Bruce made that point.
3: Well, oh, I think you did have more to do with my change than you might give yourself credit for, Tom, because <laughs> – we were driving in the car, and you said, you're not selling enough, and that's because you're forcing people into a certain of and you should do this. Right.
1: So, so okay. you know, okay, I kind of right,
3: picked up that vibe a little bit. I mean, yeah. you know, so. so, i you don't correct. change.
2: Okay. Right. Is that <laughs> when we were riding you? over the ice, Mark, and we almost <laughs> yes. died? It,
3: yes, it's exactly <laughs> so correct. I
2: remember that. I yes. do remember
3: that. Yeah.
0: Yes. yes. All right. Anything else on, on Bruce before we keep going?
3: No. All Thank right. Thank you, Let's... Bruce. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, 100 percenters. Let's keep yeah. moving.
2: Matt Caldwell, Train technologies, business development manager. What makes you a successful 100% club sales rep? How well you perform in sales is the result of the value you provide to your clients. I'm not diminishing the importance of little hustle to engage with new clients or to be responsive, but if you're shorter in your number, don't make your problem, your customer's problem. In consultative sales, your success as a sales rep should be directly linked to the success of your client. If you don't find it as not, you have two choices. Find a different client whose needs are better aligned to your company's solution, or find a better company whose solution is better aligned to the needs of
5: your client.
3: What does it take to be in the 100% club in sales? You know, the best people, the best sales people that I've worked with over my career almost have a bipolar approach to how they work with customers. And what I mean by that is, they spend 50% of their time trying to get customers to talk to them, and the other 50% of the time trying to get customers to stop talking to them. And when they can't qualify customers out of a solution, it means there's a real need and something that they will actually buy, and they don't waste time chasing bad deals. If you get good at that, you'll be in the one hundred percent club.
0: Well, I mean, let's talk a little bit about uh what we had what we heard from uh both John and Matt over the last uh section here.
1: I, I gotta I just I lo- I just gotta make a comment about John, or JB <laughs> as I like to call him. Um, I just love it. The the we, you know, reps have to be bipolar. I just like that is so <laughs> JV. Like he grabbed my attention from the very, you know, like they're what something, huh? Yep. Wait a minute, where's this going? Is that a and clinical he, assessment? Like, yeah. Fifty percent of the time, trying to get them thought there's and fifty percent trying to kind of get them out of there. I love it. I mean, I'll, I've said this for years. You know, for every deal that you get, you lose a deal. And that's what JB's talking about. I mean, becoming strategic, you know, chasing the right deals and spending your time where you're going to get great return on investment is not always the easiest thing. I learned that early days of Aslan. I I watched Tom, and he did this, and I didn't. I tried to serve everybody. I was like, I just if there's something shiny out there, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell it. And I watched (laughs) spend less time and make more money. And I was like, huh. Maybe I should learn from that guy. Yeah. So, loved it, JB. That's, Excellent point.
2: Yeah, I thought I thought the point, you, you know, that's, I think that's a hard thing to do for us when we're prospecting is to choose who we want to pursue. We work so hard to be chosen. <laughs> and like, will anybody talk to me? Will anybody work, especially if we're, we're struggling to hit our number and our pipeline is low? and uh, we get desperate, and so we're searching for anybody, but I love his point. We need to choose who we serve. We need to choose who we're going to pursue, because you really can't be other-centered if you try to serve everybody. If you try to serve everybody, you'll serve no one, so Mm. other-centered people do a really good job of determining, I can help this person. I have what they need, and I know that they don't know that, but I know they. and so they spend the time determining who they're going to serve, and um, I think that's a really good point.
3: That's 50 percent of it. Uh, and and, and it's where, that's where selling is difficult. And the bipolar yeah. piece, it, 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 you know, and, and, and I love John Barrett, and I know John Barrett. And when I think of and when John Barrett says bipolar, I mean, it just, it just kind of all gets connected for me. I mean, that's <laughs> a, just a great, you know, you need to bipolar. be a chameleon. Uh, right. But in all, in all fairness, I mean, he's spot on. Sales, but we all, sales is counterintuitive in some ways. We're all, salespeople are optimists to a fault. We talk to a client, oh, we can win that deal, we can get in there, we can help them, and we tell ourselves that. You have to have an optimism and a positive attitude. But the reality of it is, Tom, to your point, if we don't choose and we're not honest with, we're never really gonna sell this particular profile or this particular client, and we should just exit early. Some attorneys win 100% of their cases. Why? Because they're amazing attorneys? Maybe but they just don't take cases that they're not going to win. So, you know, just something to think about when you're, in, when you're not serving, you're trying to serve everybody, you're serving no one. And, and to Matt's point, I mean, you spot on, that's what we're talking about. That This is the other piece of that is your success is connected to your customer's success. That's the bottom line. If you can go help them, understand their needs, connect with them, they win, you win. And if you can't, you don't win. And Matt's got some advice about if if you're, if you're picking the wrong clients or you have the wrong solution that those should change.
0: So good. And he started his whole, his whole piece off with, don't make a problem you're having your customer's problem, right? Yeah. I love that. Don't, don't, well, don't that. you know, you're not job. making your quota. That's, that's not something you want to take out on your customer. <laughs> <I> <laughs> you
1: think, know, right? and <laughs> another thing he said that sticks that stuck with me, I loved how he just said, be aligned yep. or go find another client. <laughs> I just love that. I mean, that's yeah. such a great word picture. If you, if it's not about them, if it's all about you, don't force it The kind of go, we talked about earlier, and just go find another client. I just love it. It's so are talking
3: about selling or dating? I got mixed I, up at the end. It was both. It was both. I, 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 I kind of sure picked could, up on
1: that. You, you know, know we do offer a, a lot of
3: <laughs> other advice on this podcast. It's for the price of it, you get two for one. Mm-hmm.
0: I think both guys were very bottom line focused and gave us two really, really good uh, pieces of yeah. information there. But let's, yeah.
6: uh, let's keep rolling. I'd say over the long haul and, you know, the more, as I've matured in my professional career and uh, quite frankly in life what I have learned is that um, what makes success uh, whether it be in selling or in life over the long haul I would say is the heart your heart of uh, service being genuinely Interested in serving your prospect or customer, uh, genuinely interested in helping, helping them improve their business, uh, their careers, their lives. You know, just have a genuine, genuine interest in in people. Um, I think is the key. Because it changes your whole approach to how you communicate and how you relate to others. So if I had to sum it all up, I would say it's, it's having the heart of a servant and um, being prepared every day to, to serve and to give because it is really about what you give not really about what you get. You will get plenty in return if your heart's in the right place.
0: And what about Vince? Uh, he had some very interesting things to say, didn't he? Yeah, Vince is obviously a big
2: fan of your Scott. I think it's, a, it's a cool <laughs> that he... Uh, I've known him a while.
0: Yeah, he's... he's we're all really big
2: fans, guy. Scott,
3: just to be clear. We're all big fans. Yeah, all of, fans Scott. Wanna...
2: of Scott. I'm a fan <laughs> of Scott. Vince is a fan of Scott.
0: <laughs> oh, you're too <laughs> kind stop.
2: But I, I really did love his message. And I think uh, one of the reasons I love his message... Is because it kind of sounds like, and eh, you know, oh yeah, we're supposed to serve the customer and you know, you know, our, our heart, you know, focus on our heart and how it leads to success and being interested in serving all the And sometimes we can hear that and we're like, yeah, whatever. But actually, it really does, as he said, it changes everything. You know, yeah. our motive is ultimately transparent. Yeah. So if our motive is to sell and to get something from somebody, they know it. Yeah. And we don't know that they know it, but they know it. And so, and it's really hard to identify why certain mm-hmm. people gravitate to us and are receptive to our message, and why people aren't. And it, it all starts with the heart. And what he said, it's our motive. Um, yep. And so, I, it's always, and I love he's been basically saying, it's always in our best interest to serve. Yeah. And um, I, I just I thought that was a great, great message, great reminder. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, what I love, Vince obviously has a, you know, he's a veteran, right? Been doing this yeah. a while. And I love how he, you know, in the beginning, I thought it was about like energy and force and, you know, just make it happen and realize over time, that's not it. And I, lo- I loved the, the being, have a heart of a servant. I realized is it important to make calls it important to do all those things? Of course it is. But what it all boils down to is, is having, be, having the heart of a servant. Mm-hmm. And and that's really the driver, like, like Tom was talking about. So great thanks. job, Vince.
0: Yeah, thanks, Vince, for that. And uh, let's keep rolling.
7: In answer to your question as to why I've always hit 100% of my quota, I believe there's two compelling reasons. Uh, one, which is something that I believe to my core, is remembering that the other person – On that side of the LinkedIn in-mail message or email or phone call is a human being with a pulse and if you treat that person like a person and not like a number or quota that you need to hit it shows through in the way that you do business that person has a pulse that person may or may not care about you but what they do care about is their job or their goals or their family whatever driving them to achieve success and if you can tap into that whether it be through building a relationship or just remembering that the way that you're reaching out to them is probably the way that you would love to be reached out to as well it goes so far that and also I would say in the last five years really embracing technology <clears throat> technology can sometimes convoluted the sales process, but oftentimes it can help uh, do things like create relationships or ease uh, in reaching out. For instance, I greatly leverage, you and I have had this conversation video, uh, as I believe it bridges the gap um, between creating a human element and kind of setting yourself apart from the hundreds of prospecting emails that may hit your inbox in a month. So those are the two things that I really rely on and have relied on for years um, to continually stay in the 100th percentile of whatever sales job I've been doing.
0: All right, so what do we think of what Jenna had to say?
1: Well, you know, I, I I have a couple of thoughts here, yeah. but um, I you know I was when she talks about the other person is a human being with a pulse. <laughs> I just, I love all of our all of our uh you know our reps. You see, why they're, tell, I, you see why they're successful? Just the words that they choose, uh, and and it's a human being, you know, treating them like a person. You know, we talk about that all the time. They're not a number. We all get so caught up in we're driving to a number, we're trying to hit a quota, we're trying to be successful. And, and, and it's, that's such a great reminder, this yeah. is a human being with a pulse. And if, and if I realize that, it, it, it just makes, it, it brings that element of being other-centered into play, which I think yeah. is really important. Really good point,
0: yeah.
2: I, I, you know, everybody talks about empathy. Like, yeah. you, know, mm. you got to be empathetic, guys. You got to be, it's important to be empathetic. You can't fake empathy, Yeah. right? You can't say, I'm going to be, empath- I don't really care, but I know I'm supposed to act like I care. So let me act. How do I act like a, what's the course where I act like I care? Yeah. What's yeah, that right. course yeah. called? Yeah. Called empathy. Let's take that course so we can act like we care. And, and she's giving you the secret to actually how you have empathy. You, you, you stop. And you, you, you redirect your thoughts to that person and what's going on in their world. They're a real person. They've got real issues. They have a pulse. And that's what she meant by pulse. They, they, they have the same struggles we do. And so when you get connected and put yourself in that room, the empathy develops. Yeah, and that's yeah. where it comes. And I love that. I also want to say something about um, the technology piece because I, I thought that was a really good point. There's a lot of tools out there that help us uh, connect with people and be more productive in selling. But also there's another point that connects back to something we've already talked about. I've been pursued recently by a sales rep who's, who's leveraging technology really well. They're following the process. They've reached out to me six times. They've used all the technology, and it's going great. They're getting my attention. I'm listening to their message. But here's the problem. If she has an A customer and a B customer and a C customer, I'm an F. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not qualified. I don't – I mean, I'm like – can spend a hundred dollars on her service she needs somebody that can spend fifty thousand on her service yeah. so she's it she's using all the technology and it's it's great but she's not choosing very well yeah. so just to connect back to leverage the technology it works but but aim it at the right oh. in the right and pond because if there's no fish in the pond yeah. you're not going to catch tom, it tom we
3: agree you, you didn't have to share your georgia tech uh, transcript on the podcast. I mean, did that slip out with the F? I
7: mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I, like I, was, it.
2: I was not referring to that, Mark. Because oh, that I'm, that. I'm sorry. I, Oops. That was can a we, bad dream. Can, are we live a long or, time ago. We <laughs>
3: edited that out.
2: No, uh, Mark, is, remember, I skipped those classes. We dropped those right. classes. We dropped them. Right no, that F was intro. for fantastic.
3: F was for fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I do want to say, but as the tech, as probably the de facto technology guy, uh, I talked to a lot of, I mean, we are, recording this episode in in april of 2021 and and you know i still hear people talking about getting back to the new getting back to normal yeah uh, you know I, I, there is not, we are not going to return 100 percent to where we were and yeah. so yeah. and so i see people i see salespeople. maybe in a little stereotype maybe of your experience been doing it the old way the longer old dog new tricks that kind of thing uh this is not time to tolerate new technology. This is an opportunity to embrace what's out there and 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 shine and be different. You know, we we've, we've talked about it used to be dressed for success. You can walk in and how you look and how you carry yourself and your briefcase and your shoes and all those things are really important. We're, we're, you know, shirts for success is all that matters now. I mean, it's <laughs> right? So. <laughs> Cameras for success. Pants <laughs> are optional. Yeah. So, so, but in all fairness, it's a, it, we have an opportunity to really shine as a, as a, not as a technology master, but to really leverage some things that help the other person, help the customer experience your solution. So I'll, I'll just share that. I totally agree with what she said.
0: Well, and Tom, you may remember, Jenna was the one that, uh, while selling to us, was able to notice your body language on a Zoom meeting very early on in COVID and say, Tom, it looks like you need to make a point. I see that you you look hesitant. you
2: seem, how do you feel about that? You seem concerned. Uh, Your facial expression reveals that you may not have been aligned with. Yeah. That's exactly right. Very instantly impressed with
3: Jenna. That's the difference of a hundred percenter. That's That's the one degree that makes the hundred percenters, like Jenna, 100 percenters on our episode 100. I want to make
2: another point, um, Mark, about you coaching me on technology. And, um, uh, it, and I think it's it, – I'm, I'm probably very similar to a lot of people who listen to this podcast, is that we all know we need to do it, right? We all know we need to adopt the new technology. We all have it in the back of our mind, just like I knew that I needed to have set up two screens and get cameras and lighting and all that stuff that I need to work on. But I kept delaying it because I'm busy, right? I'm yeah. busy. I'm too busy to stop, and 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 set that stuff up. And it hurt me. And I think you know that. I just want to encourage people: if you, if you if you just can't stop, do it. Because sometimes it's John, part of our team, will say you got to slow down to speed up. And I think this is one of those things: need to stop and work on that and find the information there's a lot and if you reach out to us we've learned a lot we can send you information free information nothing trying to sell you on what we've learned about the technology and how you can leverage that
0: right sharpen that skill saw a little bit and uh and and make sure you're always uh rejuvenating some of those skills all right let's keep rolling
5: yo team aslan thank you for the opportunity For those who don't know me, my name is Randy Reimersma. I've been a career salesperson, been doing this for 30 plus years. Scott asked me to share a few principles that that have fed my success and the success of those that I have led and those that I have coached over the years. I'm going to share five quick ideas. Number one is focus. Where I have seen success, there's been tremendous focus. And what do I mean by focus? Having conversations that matter? with people that matter. Not everyone, just having a random conversation. Conversations that matter with people that matter. You get to pick what that looks like. Number two is an execution mindset. These are the folks that are, you know, the successful people are focused on the results, not the activity. So many salespeople are focused on activity, whereas the best are always focused on the result. What's gonna happen because of this? Number three, a sense of expectancy, a hunger, a sense of obviousness that this is going to happen. Ten powerful two-letter words here for you. If it is to be, it is up to me. Expectancy. I am going to make this happen. We are going to get to a positive result. Number four, intentionality. I'm about to do something and I'm expecting a return, very much an investment mindset. I'm going to do this, this result, or I could do this, this result, which is going to be the most efficient. That investment mindset pays great results, it shows up in your operating rhythm too. You are intending to get the things done that matter, they show up on your calendar, versus other people putting on your calendar things that they think are important, but may not be best for you and your results. The fifth area, I didn't learn this until my mid thirties and that is service. The killer success attribute is a servant mindset. My early career was all about my income. The latter portion of my career has all been service. And here's what I've noticed. The more I serve, the better off the community and the ecosystem is the more income I make. Scott, Team Aslan, thank you so much. Have a great day.
0: Let's hear what you guys think about Randy.
3: The Reamer's uh, You mean about what he said or just what I think about Randy? I That's a good him. point. <laughs> I love <Randy. laughs> Let's focus on his him. words. We're going to break down our thoughts okay. on Randy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, he's very tall,
1: very intelligent. <laughs> Someone once who called him, to, well, he's awesome. He's awesome. Uh,
3: Randy is, Randy is uber successful in sales. Yeah. Uh, uh, you just in how he, how he speaks about his five points. You know, the first two really grabbed my attention. He talked about focus and execution mindset. Uh, and we've talked about that. We've talked about choose who you serve. And, uh, but, but I see this when I, I see this with a lot of people, we get to, uh, maybe we're coaching one of our clients and we're getting ready for a meeting. Maybe we're at the Starbucks in the morning and we say, okay, great. Like, you know, who are we meeting with? What's going on? And I'll say, you know, what's the goal of the meeting? What's the objective? Uh, I've landed at, what's the fist pump that we're after? You know the deal. When you leave a meeting, you're like, hey, if this happens, you kind of give a little fist pump to the person you're there, with. like, this is what I want to have happen. The problem is a lot of us, a lot of people I see, and me included, we forget that there's there's an there's an objective. There's a specific sales objective for talking to this person, to these people, for saying or asking what I'm going to say to get something to occur. Maybe it's a sale or order or a purchase order or whatever it is that you are in, wherever you are in your process. Maybe it's a next meeting. But to have a specific, we would call it an other-centered offer, but a specific next step that advances the sale, advances the relationship. And I, I would just encourage our listeners to think about that. Am I, I love what Randy said, conversations that matter with people that matter, the that, that people that help, help the sales process. Because we can spend a lot of time in our accounts, in our existing mm-hmm. accounts. There are people who like to talk to us. We have lunch with them. It's easy and it's fun your number one limited resource as a seller is a seller's time. And if you're not spending it to advance things, you're not going to be a hundred Or Focus mm-hmm. and, and, and execution mindset, making sure you're advancing everything all the time as best you can. So, yeah. Mark,
2: I want to piggyback on that too uh, before uh, we leave that focus piece because uh, I, I think it's super important to, to remember how difficult it is now that we're selling virtual. It used to be so much easier to talk to the right people. You know, you could see the interaction of in the room. You're wandering around the building. Um, and again, this is for field sellers. Inside sales have always had this challenge. But um, it's just harder to get to the right people. The, the, the real decision maker and the influencers, the, 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 you know, the pace of the the opportunities are moving faster. It's just mm-hmm. harder. And so our intuition fails us. You know, our ability to kind of work the, through the room and, and ask questions and see things, it, 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 it's just harder. So I think we have to remember what questions do we wanna ask and how do we wanna position those questions? Because it's gonna be awkward. You're going to have to proactively dig out that information. So how you position those questions and demonstrate and, and communicate that the reason you need to know who's involved in the opportunity besides the person you're talking with is in the, it's in their best interest to reveal that. And that's not easy. And so we have to take the time to develop those questions. But I just think it's a good reminder uh, yep. that Randy's getting us to focus on that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, if, when I listen to Randy share his five points, I'm fired up, man. Motivational speaker. I mean, Randy's got me jacked up and ready to go, run through a wall. And and one of the things that just I always have seen, and the reason he's uber successful. Is, is point three really spoke to me. The sense of ex- expectancy. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's one of the things that just every time I'm around him, I see it. It's just, and, and it's just, you talk, Tom, you talk about this virtual environment. Yeah. I think this is huge in this new virtual environment. It's easy to be discouraged and be, think about all the negatives and think about all the things that are, oh, they're in the way and I can't get into the meeting and I can't go have coffee and walk down the hall. And yeah, yeah, I hear all this whining all the time from the people that aren't 100 percenters. And it, right. I'm tired of hearing it, but I get it. We all get discouraged. And, and Randy drives home that point. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. I love it. And we've got to, it's ownership. ownership. Don't ownership. sit in yeah. and talk about all the things that aren't right. Let's mm-hmm. focus on having the right attitude and doing the things that are necessary to drive the change yeah. and do the things that I need to do. And that is powerful. Yeah. Of worked a lot of,
3: we've worked with a lot of salespeople. I've heard a lot of salespeople make excuses. I've seen a lot of salespeople make money. I have never seen a person <laughs> do both.
2: There's <laughs> <laughs> another, another pithy phrase to go along with that one. If you focus on the problem, the problem expands. If you focus on the solution, the solution expands. Yeah. And so successful people focus on the solution, unsuccessful people focus on the problem.
3: So when I get up on the tee box and I'm like, "Don't hit it right in the woods. Don't hit it right into the woods. Don't hit it right into the woods. That's why it goes right into the woods." Yeah, exactly. Nah, Perfect.
1: Man. Hang yeah. out with Randy. No, you know I think if I can sort of put a bow on this one, put a bow on I'm just going to put a put little, little bow, bow on, on it. On it. And stick of this for us. Here, he, here's this guy that's been so successful. You know, execution. He's an engineering mindset. He's doing all these things, and then he comes back and finishes it with the thing I've learned here lately you know, and lately for him, it's not lately, lately, but, you know, you know, later in his career is the killer strength is service. Yeah. It's, it's like it's, I can do all these things and he does them as well as anybody, but he brings it back to here's the real deal. And we keep, this is the theme, by the way, if everybody's paying attention, this other center just keeps coming back over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Randy.
0: Yeah, no, I think, and what we're learning is most of these people that are calling in are using either those exact words about a servant style or the heart, uh, and and Randy really encapsulates it great with those five points. Aslan has really helped sharpen those skills, and this weekly exposure through the podcast is super helpful for keeping me on point uh, every day, all day. I look forward to it. And I think I've really become a much better face to face and phone sales rep as a result. So, what did we think about uh, Dave's final comments?
1: Well, I mean, I love Dave's final comments, yes. don't you? I mean, I don't I, I feel all, old. I, I just think they're fantastic. Here's my takeaway. And he, he keeps bringing this is a big takeaway for me. It's all about accountability. What we do as sales professionals can be hard sometimes. We can get discouraged, it can be tough. And by the way, we've already talked about it. We are taking an other centered approach is counterintuitive and I love it. It's like, I have to be encouraged to keep the right mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like in listening to the podcast weekly is a way for him to just realize you know what, that's right, good reminder, good reminder, good reminder, and, and I love that, and we all need it.
2: Yeah, Yeah. it's, it's so practical, Tab, because you know, I've been selling since 1985, Ooh. and I still forget to make a decision before every meeting yeah. to yeah. decide who's first, and if I yep. don't make that decision, I will always gravitate to sell, always. When I prepare for a meeting, what comes intuitively to me is to prepare my questions, prepare what I'm going to say, prepare my answers to tough questions, prepare my objectives, all those things. That comes natural. What does not come natural to me is to reset my compass to say true north is focused on I will be most successful if I make a decision to put their needs first. The meeting's going to go better. I'm going to be more successful and more relaxed. So I just love that reminder
3: because we all need that reminder. Well basically, I mean when I listen to Dave and I apply some simple six step quality improvement processes to really analyze what he's saying is the solution here. <laughs> Let me boil this down for everybody. He's saying, I think, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's saying, listen to be a hundred percenter, listen to the as to the sales with Aslan podcasts where mm. the emphasis is yes. on the ales every week. So I'm not sure if he says listen. Drink or both. But either way, he's got the combo figured out. You. I think there you, you
2: 100%ers listen to the, hun- to the podcast. That's what you're saying, Mark. That's the, that's right. that's the yeah. takeaway. Listen to them all every week. If you, want, what, if you want to kill your quota, beat your quota, always listen to Aslan's podcast.
0: Are you saying 100% of the listeners of Aslan, Ales with Aslan, are 100%ers? I think we only can if probably... they
2: listen to every podcast. podcast. <laughs> exactly. All
0: 100 of them. <laughs> all right, well,
2: to every, every Thank
3: podcast,
0: you, too. All the callers, all the folks that chimed in. Uh, anybody want to wrap us up with uh, any closing comments? We do that every week. What's uh, what's on your minds?
3: Yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of the you know the same themes about other centered. We've said that. Uh, uh, but you know, to, to just remind people, these are all people we've selected who are who are for our hundredth episode, who are making their quota, who are hundred percenters, and they get to go to President's Club and do all those things that come with with. With 100% Club and so this is a good episode to really go back and make those notes we've tried to, to summarize all those I also was thinking about how many episodes I've done personally with you Scott more importantly <laughs> you so you have drank a hundred beers <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe occasional but,
1: cider or uh, know, and uh, and
3: some of those like real high IBU. Probably about a buck eighty calories. I mean, you oh, do that yeah. math, and uh, well, at least we're glad this is the audio versus the video thing. So, uh. <laughs>
2: are you saying I'm putting
0: on weight? I, I'm not no. sure. No. Okay.
2: I no. would like to know what his top
3: top ten beers are. Like, oh yeah, on, maybe that could be a podcast three. of its I own. Mean, yeah. He does a, lot of, a lot of practice. No, that was great. I, I, I want to personally say thank you for all the people that took time to to call in and and share those thoughts and yeah, and uh, just share some of the secrets and uh, agree with what they've said. So thank you. Thank you, Scott. Yeah. Thank you for leading us. Thank
1: you, everybody.
0: Yeah, and we, so had more, we had more callers than we could even fit in here. So maybe we'll do this again at the 200th episode. Who knows? But it's, uh, it's been wonderful listening to your thoughts and feelings about selling. Uh, for all of you 100%ers out there, we hope the audience of, of sellers and sales leaders got some good value out of it. Make sure you share the podcast on social media, download it, and subscribe. And we'll see you in another week on Sales with Aslan.